Conservative pundit and podcaster Ben Shapiro discusses Met Gala looks through a moralistic frame, which is odd, but not shocking. A fashion designer teams up with H&M for an affordable fashion line, but does it tow the eco-friendly, sustainable line? And fashion icon Jennifer Lopez hesitates to use the word iconic because it's overused. How ironic. That's today on the Genspec Fashion Cast. Yes, yes, that's right. So, you probably don't need me to tell you this, but Monday was, of course, the Met Gala. And it is hosted at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. It was great. It was a great show. I watched the live stream while I was finishing up my shift at work. So, about the first hour and a half to two hours, and it wasn't much longer than that. I had to watch it on mute, but... That was okay because it's mostly about what people are wearing, the various looks, the celebrities that show up. So it was still a feast for the eyes. And so this year's theme was Karl Lagerfeld. And there is controversy uh, surrounding Karl Lagerfeld, but that wasn't highlighted in any way. In fact, they actually were looking at a an installation that they have at the museum right now that showcases a lot of Karl's old work uh, before he passed, of course, which wasn't that long ago. Uh, One of the ones that they focused on was this really cool dress that was a mod pattern, and it had a bunch of just very basic geometric shapes sewn into it, and that was kind of a big theme for this exhibit was the craftsmanship. There was another, basically it was a gown, and it was made almost entirely of of pearls that were embroidered or just sewn onto that to actually make the actual piece. So it wasn't more so that the pearls were sewn into a garment or a piece of fabric. It was as if the entire dress was made of the pearls and they commented on the amount of hours that it took and it was in the hundreds if not the thousands of hours. I think it was in, in the thousands of hours Um, I'm sure not Carl uh, putting in those hours. Someone was putting in the hours and they were sewing pearls together to make this really gigantic gown. So as the evening progressed, it kind of cuts back and forth. Um, They're interviewing this English guy who I forget his name. And the main person at the top of the steps is Lala Anthony. So and she did a great job. So I'm, I'm reading now from a website called Women's Wear Daily. The headline says, Lala Anthony elevates 60s dressing in one-shouldered Sergio Hudson gown with bead-embellished cat-eye sunglasses to 2023 Met Gala. So it looked amazing. Um, it was a very nice silhouette. Um, I thought it was interesting that she was wearing the cat eye glasses. And then for certain people that walked up, she would remove the glasses. Others, she would say, no, I'm going to keep the glasses on. And that was about 80% of the time. So that was at the top of the steps. Then there was a second camera set up. And now I'm reading actually from Vogue magazine. Vogue, of course, is the magazine, the brand that hosts the Met Gala. 
So reading from their website, it says that it was hosted by producer, actor and producer Lala Anthony, joined this time by writer and man about town Derek Blasberg and Saturday Night Live's Chloe Fineman. So Chloe absolutely stole the show as far as hosts go. It was really funny. Uh, the banter that she had with with Derek, uh, it really made the show worth watching. Um, the parts that I did get to see. So definitely, if you haven't even seen the, the live cast, it's uh, looking back at it, it's about 2 hours and 20 minutes. And it's actually definitely worth watching, even if you just are watching for the comedic value, the looks. Maybe you're just wanting to catch glimpses of your favorite celebrity. We all have different reasons. And uh, the, the common knowledge is that people will go above and beyond. So this show is no exception. There are a lot of things that you can pull from Carl Lagerfeld. A lot of people were pulling the black and white. Um, and then also cats was a running theme, like actual felines. Speaking of commenting on the Met Gala and looking at certain aspects of it, the frame that we're coming from, obviously, is an artistic framework. We're looking at the outfits, we're looking at the design, and also a pop culture lens. We're looking at who's there, who are the celebrities, if you read marketing books, there's one that I finished not too long ago uh, by Dan Kennedy, who I'm a huge fan of, and it was about social media marketing, and it talks about the power of celebrity, and no one can really explain it, but when you include a celebrity in, let's say, your commercial, for example, it boosts the sales almost one-to-one. -one. You know, if it's a commercial, if they're on the brand packaging People just are drawn to celebrities. I'm drawn to celebrities. Everyone's drawn to celebrities. Some more so than others. So it doesn't surprise me that Ben Shapiro on his Tuesday show, it is episode 1718 called The Satanists Are Winning, that it is through a moralistic framework. And, you know, this is not a political show. This is a show, it's, the, it's called The Fashion Cast. And we look at the artistic and uh, the, the culture of fashion, especially as it manifests itself nowadays, uh, today in the, in the modern era, in particularly the West. And of course, I'm based from the United States. So that's where my expertise lies. What I normally wouldn't do is view fashion through a sort of metaphysical lens. I think there's value in that, but... You have to stop and wonder if you're kind of just navel-gazing. You know, jokingly, in one of my Substack articles, I pointed out that the first thing that, you know, in the biblical Garden of Eden, the first thing that Adam does once he, who's the archetypal male, the first thing he does when he realizes, when he gains knowledge of good and evil, is he decides, oh, what am I going to wear? And he goes for the, for the fig leaf. So... Fashion, it's not entirely divorced from, let's say, explanations of the world, <laughs> of existence. It is just a uh, strange frame to select, to view it through, um, because there's so much creativity that goes on. So we're going to go ahead and play this clip from Ben Shapiro. Uh, he does mention a 
an actually interesting take and what I think is a valid point. Uh, if you set the the ties back to Satanism aside, because uh, again, I can I can see how you can draw those ties, and I could see why you would draw those ties. So let's go ahead and just play it. So now let's go through some of the outfits, because again, fashion says something about the inner person. Now, if you are what you wear, then it's sort of fascinating to see how people are about violating the rules and how the media have decided to violate all the rules. The reason this looks like the Capitol in the Hunger Games is because the whole purpose of the Capitol in the Hunger Games, and that's the imagery that obviously springs to mind for everyone who watches the Met Gala. The reason that that springs to mind is because the Hunger Games is about a group of elites who live at the expense of everybody else while violating all of the rules that they impose on everyone else because they are the elites and they get to do that. So as you can see, very interesting take very specific take and uh, pretty political. Again, this is not a political podcast. This, this is not a political show because there are endless amounts of that. Uh, and also, I think that everyone's really entitled to their own political beliefs. Uh, so you can see the framework that's being laid. It's the elites and uh, they are expressing themselves through fashion. Um, and then he talks about transgressivism. And so here, let, let's go through some of these looks because, again, it's all about transgressivism. It's all about the cult of personal identity and the belief that your feelings are sufficient to guide the rest of mankind and that the only value system is what you hold internally. It's all about tolerance of you. It's not about your tolerance of others. It's about everybody else tolerating you. It's about shifting all of society's rules and mores in order to please yourself. And the media cheer this kind of crap on because if you're talking about the high priesthood of the secular religion that has now taken over our society... That high priesthood is Hollywood. And then these sort of town criers for the regime are the members of the press who all buy into this exact same moral system, this secular moral system that rejects the notion of an objective morality with actual rules and traditions that are worthy of respect. Yes. Interesting take. So I included the clip in its entirety to give you the full context and to also not deceptively or selectively edit it. So... We want to take a look at this not because it matters what someone thinks about the Met Gala or the people who attend the Met Gala from that particular point of view, which is a moralistic point of view. Again, hey, fair enough. If that's, if that's the way that you would like to view the Met Gala, that is your prerogative. But in doing so, you're going to miss a lot of the artistic merit, a lot of the cultural commentary as well. Um, another thing that I know about Ben Shapiro is that he is into history. He's very knowledgeable about history. I also like history. And one of the things that you come to realize about history as you go through it is that it's very closely interwoven with the fashion world. So to separate the two, I think it creates a duality that is fine if that's the way that you want to interpret it. But we're setting all of that aside because this is the fashion cast and it's not a political cast. For time's sake, we're not going to go through all of Ben's interpretations. But if you would like to view those, of course, you can do so through his podcast. How about Doja Cat, who dressed up as an actual cat for no reason that anyone can discern? So again, this, this, the Met Gala always has a theme. The theme this year was Carl Lagerfeld, who's a fashion creator over Chanel. Um, and, uh, and somehow this is the result. A person who is dressed up as a cat, like from the creepy Cats trailer with James Corden and Taylor Swift, 
looking horrendous. But the idea is human, animal, all boundaries can be violated. It's good. It's a good thing. I actually like the subtle looking horrendous that's thrown in there. Actually gave me a laugh. So this is not uh, to drag politics or Ben Shapiro in particular into this conversation. It's just funny to hear a political commentator remark on fashion, especially in this particular way. Fashion is something that is extremely accessible. It's also something that is extremely popular. You know, there were sh- are shows like Project Runway that has been extremely successful, and even further back, shows like America's Next Top Model. And then tons of content available online. There are blogs, podcasts, YouTube videos that discuss fashion, and not to mention high fashion magazines like Vogue, who puts on the show, and essentially has been around since time immemorial. Florence Pugh showed up as well. And again, the idea is the more that you gender bend, the better you are. So Florence Pugh has now shaved her head. Um, no one really understands why. And is apparently, apparently she killed a peacock and has now taken all the feathers off the back of the peacock and stacked them upon her head. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. <laughs> Very exciting. Now, with a name like the Gen Spec Podcast Fashion Cast, we don't really care about the gender bending. That's not really the point. Gender bending in fashion has uh, really, is it's not anything new. David Bowie in the 80s is a really prime example. Glamrock mascara was used. Uh, tight leather pants were used. The more feminine, the better. And then also in the 80s, the boxy men's shoulder padding look for women was really popular. They called it the power suit. It was right in line with second wave feminism, which was a time where women actually were becoming more prominent in business roles, employment roles, and society as a whole. And so there was that feeling of a need to mirror that in their fashion, which is actually quite common. If you listen to Unravel, which is an amazing podcast that I recommend, When you start looking at the history of pants, you know, just pants in general, where you stick your legs into the pants, you see that it only evolves because of the function that is needed. So if someone needs to ride a horse, that's the reason why the pant is invented in the first place. And it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman that needs to ride the horse, they're going to wear the pants because that's what's suited to the task at hand and then also historically you do tend to see more masculine considered dress being taken upon by it doesn't matter really who whether they're a man or a woman they're adopting that style of dress not just for the cultural commentary but also just because of the utility of it as well so again gender aside that's nothing new And so he talks about Jared Leto showing up in a cat costume, which if you were watching live was actually pretty funny. And just one of these antics that they do at a public facing show like this at about the midway point. um, I think especially when Kim Kardashian was on screen, there was a little counter in the bottom right corner that showed nearly half a million people were watching it live. And again, that speaks to the popularity That was just on this one channel. It was apparently the official 
place where the stream was being held. It was the Vogue YouTube channel. So just on this one channel alone, you had at one point it was around 423, give or take 23,000 people that were watching it live. Um, many men, many women, a lot of people tuned in. And then we want to do one more. Kara Delevingne showed up as well, apparently after having raided her hotel's bathrobe. And uh, so the goal here is not to wear things that are wearable or beautiful or classy or anything. The goal at the Met Gala is to shock. The goal that this is how you gain all sorts of credibility is by shocking and violating all sorts of scruples and wearing idiotic things. And then we're all supposed to pretend these are Luke's. You look like an idiot. I'm sorry. You look like a stupid idiot. That's all. So again, pretty funny. This is what you get when you have a political commentator commenting on actual fashion looks. And this is kind of the typical non-aware lens that some people have who don't really know exactly what's going on. They're not informed by the history of the fashion, which again is really inseparable from culture. I mean, even back if you're talking about, let's say, in the French Revolution, you're needing clothing that is war-ready. You're needing armor, you're needing clothes that are movable and breathable, not just because it's a fashion decision, but because it could literally mean the difference between whether you can fight effectively or possibly just get killed. Speaking of Cara Delevingne, uh, she has an article in the March issue of Vogue where she talks about turning 30 and uh, she talks about being sober. So whether she looks like an idiot and uh, looks like she raided her bathrobe or not, I actually found her interview with Chloe Feynman and Derek Blasberg really refreshing. She was very sober in the sense that she didn't need to choose her words carefully, very candid, and very with it. So I actually, having looked at that article, I had a ton of respect for her. Uh, and if you watch the, the live cast, you'll see exactly what I mean. Also, I think it's funny that he, Ben Shapiro, brings up that it automatically makes you think of the Hunger Games and uh, basically that that's inescapable. But I've never seen the Hunger Games. I have no idea what he's referring to. I think I saw the first one when it first came out, but it wasn't really my thing. And so I bring that up because it is not always helpful to assume that there's a group reference that everyone will get. Okay, moving on, taking a break from the Met Gala, which was awesome. Please watch it, if only for Chloe, who was hilarious. We're moving to a press release from H&M. The headline says, H&M and Muggler will collaborate on a collection for spring 2023. Okay, so the company is releasing, this is directly from them, it's not anyone writing on them or about them. It says they are proud to share that its next designer collaboration will be with the House of Muggler. The Muggler H&M collection, crafted under the direction of Muggler's creative director, Casey Cadwallader, will encapsulate the unique and vibrant spirit of Muggler. The collection will be available online and in selected stores in spring 2023. So, what does that mean? Well... I can tell you that I am someone who does love H&M. I think it makes creating different looks extremely affordable and accessible, but they are considered fast fashion, 
which is not known for being very eco-friendly. And so reading on in the article, it says that for nearly two decades, H&M has been democratizing high fashion by offering global audiences the chances the chance to own special pieces of high-end designer history. Now, whether you go into H&M um, and you probably, the average H&M mall shopper probably doesn't walk in and say, wow, that's a piece from the House of Muggler. I want to take that piece of art history home with me, that fashion. I'm taking that with me. So the audience is very particular. H&M's specific audience is, again, the fashion-conscious but also budget-conscious shopper. And I actually applaud them for the type of clothes that they have, the variety that they have. But as you know, or may know, uh, fast fashion is not known for being very eco-friendly. There are also ethical issues that come up because of the conditions of the factories that these types of clothes come out of. So in other words, if you're creating a clothing line and you have everything that's made in a in a either sustainable or let's say ethical way you know you hire a bunch of let's say people from the united states maybe you hire a bunch of people from canada maybe from the u.s or from europe western countries and you do a good thing by giving a lot of people jobs and access to jobs but by doing so you're not able to make as much money, have as much of a high profit margin as if you are to outsource that labor. And it is, as of right now, incredibly affordable to get outsourced labor that's really inexpensive in countries that are developing. You might even describe them as third world and uh, impoverished. And so you can drive a a higher profit margin because you're having a lower cost of labor and uh, the materials being used are not suffering. They're still high quality materials, but the real piece that you're saving on is that labor, which can be, I would assume, pretty expensive at uh, that at that scale because H&M is a global brand. So when you are able to outsource it, you are going to save money on the labor, on the manufacturing of the clothes. But you have to then take into account the ethical issue. This press release dated the 22nd of February says more information will be shared later. So hopefully we'll have an update on that for you. And last, coming back to the Met Gala, I want to play a clip for you where Jennifer Lopez is talking to Lala. And I found it interesting because she is doing the interview and she's wearing this really awesome hat. And the hat sparks a dialogue between her and Lala. And Jennifer Lopez is talking about how at first she didn't like the hat and then that it kind of grew on her. And I think it looks awesome. It it kind of reminds me of like a 1950s hat. It's really over the top, really extravagant. And then Lala asks her this question. I'm going to play it for you. Jennifer, tell me about a night like tonight. We're honoring Carl. I know. It's a line of beauty. What does that mean to you when you hear that, when you feel that? What does that mean to you? Um... You know, I hate throwing around the word iconic. I've said this because everybody uses it so much. Mm-hmm. And this is like the word to use. Right. But he actually was 
such an iconic figure in fashion. And when you think of like the last 50 years, you think like if you think of five people in fashion, mm -hmm. he's one of them. Absolutely. And he, what he did uh, with Chanel and for so long and keeping that brand so fresh and young and alive mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it's he, he really was a genius. And uh, it, it's it's amazing to be here tonight. I, I got to meet him. And for a little girl, like we say, from the Bronx, right. who like kind of aspired to the fashion world and mm -hmm. to be an entertainer, to meet people like that was always such a dream to me. So it's 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 a real honor to be here to to celebrate him tonight and Absolutely. celebrate his legacy in fashion. Yes. So why do we bring this up? Well, because of the irony, we have a fashion icon, a movie icon, even maybe you would consider her a music icon. And definitely everything about it rings iconic, even the fact that this celebrity is at the Met Gala. And so maybe this is a lesson to us all, us non-celebrities. You know, at the end, she talks about how she was dreaming when she was Jenny from the block. And uh, she actually got to break through that and went from that early history. And of course, referencing the song Jenny from the block, one of her really early songs, then to her acting career, and now a staple in the Met Gala, someone who even met Karl Lagerfeld. For all intents and purposes, definitely a celebrity, and that word is could be synonymous with the word icon. And uh, but uh, but she's not iconic; it's too overused, and I don't blame her. Thank you for listening to the Gen Spec Fashion Cast. This is on Apple Podcasts, so subscribe if you haven't already. And this is fresh. This is new. This is uh, iconic in its novelty. So I'm not going to tell you to go and, and give me a five-star rating. What I will tell you is stay tuned. And thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.